Welcome to another edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. This is John Krasinski, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. A very exciting week, uh, weekend. Uh, we're coming off a lot of action in Pittsburgh soccer. But, of course, the big news, the big story is the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, um, who came off uh, a really actually capped off a remarkable season and they uh, their regular season uh, and, and really – they took care of business, went to Tampa, uh, you know, under uh, needing to at least get a draw, but definitely a win would put them in a position to, um, you know, become the player's shield, win the player's shield for the first time in uh, in club history. And, and they did that. Uh, it was a very exciting Saturday night. And one of our uh, Pittsburgh Soccer Now friends of Pittsburgh Soccer Now, uh, Amadeo Eichberg was down there in Tampa. We're going to be bringing him on shortly, and I'm looking forward to talking to Amadeo. Um, but really, from my perspective, you know, heading into this, maybe the most important regular season match potentially in club history on the road in a place where the Riverhounds have only won once before at Al Lang Stadium in Tampa, um, Coach Bob Lilly needed to address some lingering questions, um, you know, maybe – yeah, they won four straight. They've um, been unbeaten in the last six matches, but late matches, they there were some concerns because the Hounds have uh, been giving up goals late in the first half against Tulsa, late in the uh, match against Tulsa. It's a three to two win, not a shutout. They haven't had a shutout in six match, six plus matches since they played uh, San Antonio to a nil nil draw in um, in what was definitely a playoff field match, um, but at the end of uh, at the beginning of August, so. You know, but September, they've locked things down. They've had a lot of really good, solid play uh, to to continue and get on a four-game winning streak, which they absolutely had to do, you know, to win the league, to win the Players' Shield. At no point did they slow down in terms of uh, results, and they certainly did that. But, yeah, so following those matches, you know, Bob Lilly was shared, the head coach of the Hounds shared his concerns, and he was frustrated. But heading into Tampa – Bottom line is that the veteran coach kind of stuck to his principles. And what are those principles? To be consistently successful, Bob Lilly's ultimately, you know, he, some people might call him a perfectionist. Some people, you know, would think he can be very, very demanding on his players and his players will come out and say that. But the bottom line here is that uh, he wants his player, his teams, his players to do three things. One, don't give anything away. Number two, dictate, dictate the game. And then last, be dynamic. And, you know, ultimately, it was his 200th match as a coach with the Riverhounds. And Bob Lilly, his club, really executed those three key principles. Uh, and how fitting, you know, his 200th match in Pittsburgh. And they come away with a 2 nothing victory in Tampa where they pretty much handled everything and were on the front foot um, when they needed to be. But then when they backed, Got back. They were very well organized. They didn't always, they did not always press, uh, which, you know, they took kind of took turns, uh, kind of kind of confusing Tampa here and there. So um, that, I thought that was an interesting, and that's typical Bob Lilly, uh, you know, in terms of his uh, tactics and, and how they're going to execute. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good performance overall. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds, again, coming away with a 2 2 nil. Um, win at Tampa and you know so now they have home field advantage for the playoffs and it was a very exciting 
uh, night in after the match because the owner, Tuffy Schallenberger, was there. Um, and then, of course, uh, Amadeo will share with us a little bit more about his his thoughts and uh, the experience of being in a locker room and that sort of thing. So, of course, uh, you know, in terms of the Hounds' ability to uh, close out the match and do their thing, a um, the, couple different things. These were my basic takeaways. Number one, there were some slight tweaks to the lineup. So the Hounds uh, put in Luke, Luke Biasi and Pat Hogan uh, were penciled into the starting 11. Uh, this time around, putting Joey Farrell on the bench and Danny Rivera. Of course, Farrell came in around the 61st minute. And Danny Rivera, of course, came in later in the match but both reliable veterans. So having them off the bench in the pinch late in the match, I think was a good thing. Um, Biasi and Hogan have been very effective all year. Uh, Biasi started some real big matches. Uh, I was thinking back to the the, to the Columbus uh, crew, uh, U.S. Open matches, uh, where he's, you know, later in the campaign, uh, you know, he's kind of come back to being a bench player, you know, coming off the bench, but um, getting a spot start in such a huge match, um, you know, it was just huge uh, for for Luke Biasi, and he really contributed, made the interception to, to make that make that play happen to, to, on the second goal. Um, so, all right, so why don't we do this? Uh, we could uh, bring Amadeo Eichberg in because he's going to give us a lot more uh, uh, in depth details about being in Tampa and 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 being part of that, um, uh, being part of everything on Saturday night. But no, no, I'm uh, okay. Vamos. All right, uh, back here with Amadeo Eichberg. Amadeo, um, you know, Lums, yeah, and you have been going to Riverhounds games for the past few years or so, two, three, four years, and uh, you've been part of you know following the Riverhounds. Uh, and you're from Tampa uh, area, so you you obviously. Uh, had an opportunity to get head down there, uh, cover this match. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for your contributions. I think everybody in Pittsburgh really appreciated having another uh, someone there kind of to, to capture the uh, the excitement and everything that happened. Um, but yeah, let's just walk us through. Like, obviously, you get down there uh, and you get down there early for the match. Um, but this team was really prepared for for our day. Yeah, um, I could speak to that. Um... From experience, one of the, the coincidences is that, um, well, first of all, I grew up in Tampa, so so uh, so the people listening to this podcast know. So I, I kind of grew up with the Tampa Bay Rowdies when they were in the NASL, and my parents still live in Tampa. And uh, just a few, like a month ago, I said, well, this is going to be a big game against the Rowdies, and I, I want to visit my parents. Why, why not make a trip? And uh, so I, I booked my airline, and this is where it gets kind of strange, John, because uh, I get to the airport in Pittsburgh, and I see a bunch of riverhounds. I said, no, we can't be on the same flight, and that's exactly. We were on the same flight. Uh, Coach Bob was happy to see a reporter there. You know, yes, I'm for the Spanish uh, language uh, uh, radio station and not for a TV in Pittsburgh, but but he was very happy to, to see me, and we talked. Um I knew right away that this team was ready to go. And I can tell you a story from the actual airport. When I got to baggage claim, um, I see the boys of the Riverhounds and they're making bets on 
who is going to be the first to receive the luggage. Um, these were small-time bets. Everyone was putting in a dollar. We, we know how the, the USL guys get paid. But I just thought that was an excellent uh, show of camaraderie, of team spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, they were loose. They were playing bets on, on which luggage was coming in. They were laughing. Um, and they had an air of confidence about them. And uh, mm -hmm. and I also talked to, to both coaches and uh, Dan Visser in, in particular. Um, you know, he, he was even on the computer studying tactics. Uh, and you know how focused Bob is. So I saw right. this as a business trip. They saw it as a business trip. Hey, let's go Absolutely. to Tampa. We have a chance to win the uh, the player shield and, and let's just go do it. And uh, and out the gate from Tampa International Airport, I felt that that spirit. I think that's a great way to, uh, to start. You know, obviously, um, attitude is everything um, and, and, and camaraderie. And this team, you know, we've, we've listened to the players and we've listened to Bob and we've listened to, uh, you know, different people talk about how, how, you know, how tight a group they are. And Canardo Forbes talked about that. Um, if they like to play cards or do different things in the mm -hmm. evenings, you know, after. They, they do a lot of different things they stay together and uh you had a chance to witness that kind of on for them uh, you know on the road and 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 to, to see that so i think that's that was pretty cool um so obviously we get to the match and um you know the starting lineups are posted and it, it, he bob has not really changed the lineups all that much this 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 last month or so but uh he did here he he, he put luke biasi uh in the starting lineup and and pat hogan instead of Joey Farrell and Danny Rivera. So I, I thought that was an interesting uh, mix, but I thought Farrell and, uh, I'm sorry, I thought Biasi and Hogan uh, did were outstanding on Saturday. Outstanding. And also the two players you mentioned did see game time. Uh, uh, the yeah. coach put him in to almost secure things. It's almost like he had that plan, you know, like, like uh, let's build the lead and then we'll put Joe and And Danny Rovira, you know, he's a personal friend of mine, John, and uh, – his attitude is, is so uh, contagious, his positive attitude, his smiles. And uh, before the game, uh, I got there like an hour before the game, and he came up to me, gave me a fist bump like they do these days, and, and said, vamos con todo, which means let's go full force. And he had that just that, that attitude uh, that I could tell, hey, th these, guys, uh, these guys are ready to go, and uh, I know we're going to get to this territory, but... Uh, you know, and they proved it within 37 seconds or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, if we can talk about that first goal, I, you know, I got to the stadium and I met the uh, the uh, the press communications guy for the Rowdies. He showed me around the press area. They have these wonderful uh, press tables where you could do some work. But, John, they're located kind of in the back of the stadium. Uh, so I was just settling in, and uh, and right off the bat, there was the goal. And I was like, oh, Amadeo, I got to get the phone out. And I think I got the post-goal reaction, which is still something. Yeah. And uh, just the Rowdies fans couldn't believe it. And uh, But I could. I could because I, I knew this team was determined. And, uh, you know, and, and it was very fitting that number nine, Albert Chico Dikwa, uh, scored that goal because uh, I think, you know, he was awarded the USL Player of the Month last last month, but uh, I think he's the USL Player of the Year, if you ask me. Yeah, I wrote about that in my takeaways after the match. And 
fact, I posted this morning, uh, this Monday, or we're recording this, but I posted that this morning that not only that, and go to Dequa early in matches, I went back and I looked at it, and nine times this year, nine times, that's a lot in a, in a, in a long season. Plus, think about this, how many Dequa was out for over, almost over a month and a half and still is three or four goals ahead in the, the, the Golden Boot race, but not they scored in with in the 22nd minute or earlier in a match, and all nine times it was off Albert Dequa's foot uh, scoring it. So um, the fact is, go to Dequa early, they get ahead, uh, and they did it against Tampa in August. They did it uh, with the 30 seconds of this match. I mean, pretty remarkable stuff that yeah and, and, and at a good point like, it's almost like bob lily we've t- he's talked so much about albert deke being such a coachable player and such a uh, he player who's learned so much from the coach i wouldn't be surprised if those two kind of talk before match and say here's what to look for in a couple of early minutes the way this you know tampa might be setting up and they might exploit you know it, on that goal, Dequa is holding up in the middle. The hounds are, are knocking it around the edge of the box. And all of a sudden, he takes off of the far post in this open space. There's not a defender in sight. Like It's an instinctive move. But I'm wondering if some of that is Bob or Dan telling them, you know, like, here's make here's some maybe where the, the rowdies are going to be vulnerable. I think it could be that because it was, uh, you know, it was almost like scripted how, how that came out the gate. You made a very good point, John. It, it, he did miss like several weeks. So imagine his goal tally if he had been healthy those weeks. I mean, I think he could have set USL records um, th- that would take a while to, to break. So uh, credit to him. And just uh, talking about Albert as a person, because I did get to, to see him. He likes and and, and he's. He feels a sense of achievement for these individual awards and accolades, but he's all about the team. He would trade all these in to get a championship. And he's told me that. And, um, you know, it's uh, to quote a little bit uh, offshoot of Nirvana, but it smells like team spirit, T-E-A-M, because that's, that's what this, uh, that's what this, uh, forgive me, Kurt Cobain, for, for, for uh, for changing your lyrics a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's it is team spirit, and I think that's what carried that's them through this road trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you're giving me uh, ideas for for talker now. Uh, um, that's great. Plus, stuff. it's from a good song, so you could definitely use that. Absolutely. All right. Well, you know, so yeah, so they get up early, and you're getting to you know you're you're sensing this uh, you know you're sensing. The crowd. What's the crowd like? You know, once the hounds are up, one nothing, and then it's it kind of like goes back and forth. I thought they were pressing pretty good for the, for the next 20, 30 minutes, but then when it got about to the half hour mark, I thought that's where Tampa really started to maybe started to get themselves into it and started to create some chances. It's so difficult to break down the hounds, but I thought Tampa, um, especially Cam Jennings. I think like every time Cam Jennings got near the goal. And he had a shot attempt or something. Um, he he was he walked away frustrated. 
I, I think you're right. I think uh, one of the, the ones that I remember was a header that almost went in, but Jamali Waite uh, was able to, to tip it over the crossbar. So just as a side note, I thought he's he's been playing his best football as we approach the, the playoffs, and that's always a good sign. As far as the Rowdy's crowd reaction, the first one was kind of like a joke because uh, they were all joking, well, I didn't get to settle in my seat, and, and uh, wow, so quick, but... They were like saying, you know, there's 90 minutes. Uh, I think they did not expect they expected to come back. Um, I will say this. While we have the Steel Army, um, the Rowdies have an excellent fan base, too. I mean, there were people standing and yelling, uh, you know, so they're I forgot what the Rowdies. I I think they're called. They were called fannies back in the day. I don't know what they're called now, but uh, but they also have a, a. a nice, nice fan base that supports the team. And and you're very astute because there was 20 minutes where it was like the Rowdies were dominating and saying, hey, we want this game back. And uh, and the Riverhouse said no. So uh, when I got to the halftime, I thought it, it looked great because uh, I was really worried it was going to be a 1-1 score at halftime. And that didn't happen. And uh, and when you have a lead uh, like that, the Rowdies were forced a tale as old as time in football. The Rowdies were forced to uh, attack, which left them uh, susceptible to the contragolpe, it's called in Spanish, to the counterattack. And I think that's a little bit of what happened in goal numero dos. Um, as far as the second yeah. goal, yeah, I I, I kind of had a nice upfront view of that, John, because. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. So I said, listen, this this press is nice and everything, but I want to go like closer to the action. So I left kind of where I was. Um, the uh, the river the river hounds were attacking the other end, which there were no seats near that end. There was only a hospitality center thing, and I, you know, me, I, I went there with my pass. I said, listen, I'm from Pittsburgh. There's a good angle. I'd like to report on this. And even though I didn't have the credentials for the hospitality tent, uh, the lady let me in. Um, yes. And, and I got the free drinks and, and hot dogs while watching. And then I got near the wall and, uh, and I had just enough energy on the phone, you know, when your battery's dying down. But I, I had a feeling something was going to happen. And uh, I captured, I think I sent it to you, the, the second goal in its entirety, including the celebration. As far as the second goal, um, it, I, just hats off to my friend Arturo Ordonez. Because not only is he a wonderful defender, not only has he started almost every game for the Riverhounds, um, but he's become a goal scorer. Uh, remember, he had a, a few weeks back, I think he scored two or three goals in consecutive games. And now when the goal man- matters, Arturo Ordonez was there to, to, to put the final kick into the back of the net. Uh, so, so congratulations to my Spanish friend. Uh, Arturo has just been, I mean, what? he means to Pittsburgh soccer after three years of Pitt going to a college cup and now this and honest it, it was an, it was an interesting uh, sequence if you will because the hounds had a corner kick and now Rowdy's tried to clear it out and of course you know Arturo is going to come up on those corner kicks so he was he was already sure. center back he's already way up the field and you know those instincts just kick in you know the the Luke Biasi he intercepts a pass for Leo Fernandez, the reigning USL MVP. Yeah. Gets entered into the match around the 56th minute. And I, you know, at least from what I was watching uh, from the stream, you know, the crowd was really excited. To they see roared. Him. That was the loudest that they got the whole match was when, when he came back in. Yeah. He's, he's their hometown hero. Yeah. And uh, yeah. 
and yeah. and, and it, he, I, everyone it, thought he was going to give them the jolt that they needed to get the equalizer, but that was not to be. Right, and Luke Biasi, you know, one of those Bob Bully, you know, decides to start Luke, and uh, he jumps a pass. And that's what the Hounds do so well. They're jumping passing lanes. They're clogging things up. Tampa would just look continuously frustrated. So Biasi jumps the, the passing lane. You know, of yeah. course, when Canardo Forbes gets in transition – in a, a counterattack. I mean, it's an all-time USL assist leader. You know he's going to make a good decision. And he finds Tola, shown me, uh, out wide. And Tola, you know, again, coming off the bench minutes before that uh, with a terrific cross in. And, and there's Arturo to knock, knock it home. I think that uh, that's just a great instinctive quick counter. Uh, they work on this all the time in practice. I've watched them numerous times in practice just – working on those transition opportunities. So if you're a center back and you're way up, you're they're moving in transition. Bob talks about this all the time. You know, you got to get to your get to those spaces um, in and around the goal. And uh, Arturo did that. I thought that was a, a tremendous second goal. Exactly. And uh, and then then I felt good after that second goal. Um, you know, uh, what's it called? An insurance goal is always nice. Um, so uh uh and and just to let you know bob is is bob he didn't sit down for one minute the whole match he's he's <laughs> he's the same on the road in case you guys were wondering the same on the road as he is uh, always coaching always up always engaged um uh, i just i've always had a lot of respect for coach bob but but after this business road trip win uh slash uh player shield uh award night um I, I even respect him even more and if you want me to talk about this post-game celebration um i can because that was super fun that's what we're building up it's all building okay. up to that right okay let's just say real quickly you know they're up to nothing they've had this string of matches where they you know they've given up goals late and bob's comes back into our press conferences all grumpy and you know he's kind of teed off I and mean, he has the players you know out on the field for 25 30 minutes you know we've We've experienced that. Um, and this is, I think I texted you this towards the end of the game. Like, I think the one thing I'm curious about to hear from Bob, and I'm, I'll probably talk to him at some point this week is, uh, you know, was this the 90 minute performance that they, that, that he's been looking for? And from my perspective, at least I saw the last 20 minutes Now Tampa did have a couple chances, but they look exasperated. Mm -hmm. They look, they just couldn't solve, a, a puzzle and they were just like a kid couldn't solve a puzzle they were you know just it was very frustrated just look in the faces if you look at the replay of the match those last 20 minutes fernandez uh cam jennings jj williams those guys are they couldn't, couldn't do much and the hounds were bottling them up pretty well so i thought defensively it was one of their best performances and also hats off to jamali wade i thought mm -hmm. it was a lot of crosses and there were a lot of which is a high number for him um, of a lot of crosses, you know, seven corners. So he would, one area where he's of concern this year has been coming out, coming out of the mm -hmm. box and make decisions. And I thought he made every decision he made was really good on Saturday. I, I would, I would agree a hundred percent and, and contrast that with the beginning of last year when, when he really, there were three goalkeepers and, and Jamali was the number one guy, but there was a doubt. And now he's solidified. We know that, that he's, he's the number one goalie. Plus, 
his stints for playing for the Jamaican national team have helped him because he, he goes up against top talent and, and, um, and, and that's like an added bonus that we have. So yeah, we, we had him away for a few games, but, but he came back as a better goalkeeper. And, uh, and also a credit to the team is during his absence that they got that, uh, Luis, number 77, that they, they borrowed from uh, DC United, who, who had stellar play at goalkeeping, too. So whereas goalkeeping was a little bit of an issue last year, and you know I was in the, the press box with everybody, and I voiced my concerns, um, that is not an issue anymore. It's a, it's a team strength. So uh, so credit to, to the whole team for that. Uh, they have a strong and, – and their backups, I think, are stronger, too. So, uh, so goalkeeping is set. Uh, defense uh you have your 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 players that are always out there and then when you put in a new guy like luke uh he he rewards the coach for having confidence in me by having a stellar game so uh and then midfield has always been a strength of this team and and this year's no different canardo forbes is still canardo forbes um i i i disregard people oh they lost a step or something the iq soccer you don't lose a step for that um Ask Ankel Di Maria at mid, at, you know, his mid thirties, and then they said he lost the step anyway. Uh, he's world champion. So, uh, no, so and, and then, and then our forwards now with Dequa, we have the USL leading score in the entire league. So, uh, uh, you know, okay. I, I don't, I, I think they're balanced, and and I don't, I don't think they have a lot of weaknesses. And not well, to mention I, coaching. I mean, we have a two-time uh, USL champion coach that knows what he's doing, and uh, and is a true leader, and and the. Uh, I, you know, one one other thing before we get to the, the postgame celebration is is uh, before the USL reporters got to Bob and all that and the awards, he said, nope, I want two minutes to go in and address my boys. He went in there, closed the door. I mean, he closed the door on the USL president, the, 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 the reporters, <laughs> team first, and, and he wanted to be in there and celebrate with, mm-hmm. with the team. And that's a credit to, to good coaching, I think. Well, that's 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 a guy who's in control, too, of his troops. And he wants that as well. And that's that's definitely a signature Bob moment there. Um, I did want to quickly point out, you mentioned Cunardo Forbes uh, at 34. It's like second or third in the team in, in minutes played and appearances like it's not even like, yeah, Bob has found ways to, you know, not uh, start him and things like that. But yet his minutes are still way sure. Way- uh, in a long, long season at 34. So uh, hats off to Canardo Forbes. I mean, he just re- absolutely remarkable player. Uh, I think maybe in years to come, we might appreciate him even more. I think I appreciate him every time I see him step foot on the field. But um, and obviously, every you know, he's at the part of that attack. Um, on that second goal there. I think his decision-making certainly added to that. So, all right, so let's talk about, so they, they win, the, the whistle blows. Was there, I thought they were going to talk about something on the field, but I guess they took everything to the locker room, huh, as far as the, um, the uh, trophy, uh, the shield uh, presentation. Yes, um, that was primarily because the Rowdies uh, had a uh, fireworks night schedule. Oh, that's right. And right. um, and so that that kind of took precedence. I think I think they were expecting the fireworks to celebrate uh, their victory. But uh, but people still stuck around. Free fireworks uh, is still a big draw. And uh, so that's pretty much why everything was was taken indoors. And the presentation of the player shield was was actually made in the locker room um, uh, by the president, Jeremy. And, and I think I sent you a little bit of, of uh, that clip. <laughs> 
Well, USL, you know, it's, it, it was very convenient for them, being that their headquarters are in Tampa, to have uh, to have True. this match uh, happen in at, Rowdy, at the Rowdy's uh, Al Lang Stadium. Um, so yeah, so you get in the locker room, and obviously Bob finally lets you in and lets everybody in after his two minutes. And you know, thanks again for for the video. I think it was great. The photos, fantastic. Um, you know, this locker room was they were just they were just so it was like. A huge relief, I think, for a lot of the because the pressure of they were they they've been ahead pretty much mm -hmm. the last three months, but they they still had to finish the deal and and to to do it the way they did it on Saturday. I'm sure it felt uh, they must have all felt a certain sense of of satisfaction and relief. Yes, uh, and and uh, dos acero, you know that's that's a famous score score line these days with the. Uh, with U.S. and Mexico and everything like that. Um, Argentina also beat Mexico in the World Cup by that score. But that's neither here nor there. You know I'm Argentine, so I'm going to mention that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and then and then the nice thing is, is uh, yes, the, the work's not over. The, the ultimate goal is to win the championship. But they all celebrated this. This was a big accomplishment. And uh, uh, it wasn't like, you, you know, when, when the teams get to the Stanley Cup finals, some don't touch that trophy or whatever. No. Here they they love that plate. They were celebrating it, and uh, it like you wrote in in your excellent article. It is legitimate, you know, uh, hardware that they won, and uh, something for their trophy case. One thing that I also must mention, uh, John, is that you know who else was super happy at that post game celebration? Uh, that was Tuffy Schollenberger. Yeah. Um, he 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 made the trip and. Uh, Give him a lot of credit because, uh, you know, the team was on was, you know, financially in, uh, strapped and, and they were had low attendance numbers. And since he took over as owner and, and kind of gave the reins uh, to, uh, you know, to, to coach Bob to do the, the, the football part of things and uh, also bringing in Jeff Gardner, who, you know, is doing a wonderful job filling in the st stands. You know, he came over from a, a championship winning California team of the USL. So he knows what he's doing, too. Uh, so a lot of credit to Tuffy for uh, for not only investing the money, because there's plenty of rich billionaires that could put in money, but to also put his, his heart and soul into this team. And uh, I just thought it was great. That, and the, the fact, you know, he's a busy man. The fact that, that he took a weekend to, 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 to be with his team and, uh, and the players love him and the coaches respect him. So uh, these are all parts of the formula. And, and it seems like we have it all this year because, you know, we talked about the team from the top down, strong roster. We talked about the excellent coaching and not just uh, Bob, you know, goes down to John Bush and, and Dan uh, Visser. Um, and uh, and and you add ownership to the mix because, you know, in the NFL, there's some owners that 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 have the adverse effect. You know, I'm talking about you, Dan Schneider, of the former of the uh, Redskins. <laughs> but, yeah, a, a bad bad owner can bring a team down and we yeah. have the polar opposite of that. We have an excellent owner. So hats off to you, Tuffy. And uh, this isn't just so I uh, I get another partnership with La Mega Media. Uh, this is this is true respect for the owner. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we in in my role as a media person, uh, you know, we we certainly have to call the team out when things aren't going well or things like that. Um, so, but you know, Tuffy has over the years has really grown as the owner uh, into this role. Uh, into the, you know, he it's he's been. A, made some 
admitted to you know maybe the first few years he, he it was it was a learning uh process for him as well and i think he he got to that point but by the time what at that point once we he hired bob Lilly, i mean i think that was a a brilliant uh, stroke of uh, thing to do because you know the rochester rhinos were folding and it was time like you know i have to seize this moment and get bring in someone who's going to provide consistency year in and year out success and then eventually we'll get to this point where um you know yeah they couldn't they did they had some disappointments they had some really good seasons but came up short um but they continued and and like you said from the business perspective and i think it's all the fans are showing up in huge numbers this year like never before uh record attendance so it's all come together, Amadeo. And now, you know, I, I always had an opportunity. I always enjoyed the the opportunity to uh, to, to travel and cover the hounds on the road. And and when it comes to uh, this sort of thing, um, you know, I, this year I haven't had a chance. But I, I'm so glad that you had an opportunity. We had an opportunity to 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 uh, to do that. Hey, uh, John, to, to that end, I'm going to switch. I'm going to turn the tables and ask you a question for a second. Um, what um, how's the press coverage been in uh, Pittsburgh? I mean, um, un unfortunately, this team is doing wonderful things and we sometimes yeah. get relegated to the last minute of the sports section uh, of, a, of a local newscast. It's almost like an afterthought. I think that's kind of changing. And, and we have in our corner yeah. wonderful media people like Mark Madden, who's been a, an ally of football for many years, and, uh, and other people. Um, yes, I was the only reporter there, but, but did they mention mm -hmm. it? And, and are, are people aware there in Pittsburgh that, that this soccer team is something to see? Well, I mean, if you just want to talk about Saturday, I think that the trip, you know, uh, I, the trip and the Post-Gazette probably ran short blurbs that the Hounds won. Nothing uh, like hands-on coverage, no interviews, no no any additional extensive coverage. Uh, like you mentioned, Mark Madden, uh, um, you know, Bob Pompiani will, will, you know, share things. But, you know, it, maybe there's a mention. I know KDK is involved. Um, as a partner, as a media partner, but you know, beyond that, it, it, it just not the 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 level of you know we're, we're, you know everyone in Pittsburgh was Ravens Steelers on Sunday like so it for regarding this weekend uh, it'd be interesting because uh, the last home game Keith Barnes and I the Post Gazette had a good conversation about this like what's going to happen they're going to get on the, get to the playoffs now and how is Pittsburgh and when I say Pittsburgh I don't mean Pittsburgh soccer community. I don't mean the Riverhounds fans. We know that Highmark Stadium will be packed. But what will the, the mainstream media uh -oh. uh, quarterback fiasco and all you know those things? The Penguins have started their season. Where will the if the if the, if the, if the Riverhounds you know can stay at home for four straight weeks? And win four playoff games and go to the U.S. All Cup final. I mean, look, I'm driving past Highmark Stadium last night. I had to go out to a dinner for a Sweet 16 birthday for my stepdaughter, and one of the girls in the car looked at the stadium and said, "Oh, I didn't even know we had a soccer team." So you know, we're still there. We're still at that point, and you know, of course, uh, the uh, next four weeks should help. 
Uh, yeah, and, and and to to that yeah. point, as as you know, Pittsburgh loves a winner. Uh, that that's what's going to get people out. So I think if if we make some noise in the playoffs and perhaps win the whole enchilada, like I like to say, I think we're definitely going to be a, a stronger part of the Pittsburgh sports landscape. Um, that that I see no doubt. And um, and and the one yeah. thing is is for 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 the casual fans. All it takes is one one nice experience at Highmark, and then you're kind of hooked to, to go back again. Because even if if you didn't grow up with football, uh, it's arguably one of the best views of the city. Uh, just the atmosphere of that Highmark Stadium, um, and even people in Tampa, uh, like the the press secretary for the Rowdies, and made a trip to Highmark and and complimented on on how what a beautiful venue that is. And if you look around the league, not all the teams have the luxury of playing in that venue. I remember seeing a game with the Las Vegas uh, Lights, or I forgot what their team name is, but they uh, they uh, they they were playing on a on a beat up baseball high school baseball field or something. I mean, I might be exaggerating a bit, John, but but it was it was not not the wonderful uh, venue that 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 the the Riverhounds play their home games in. All right, so we're gearing up. It's going to be. Obviously, they're in Detroit this weekend, and our old friend Matt Geica, who was uh, once the Riverhounds play-by-play man, um, it, it will be on site at uh, Hamtrack. It's actually considered Hamtrack, Michigan. Uh, they will finish out the regular season. I think it's just going to be an exercise of fitness and staying sharp is is really the key, and and the staying sharp obviously with Bob, and but I think he'll be able to manage some minutes uh, and get some guys. And then, you know, they're going to first round. It could be Detroit. It could be Miami. Uh, um, we don't know yet, but that'll be here at Highmark Stadium. They're going to be home for the playoffs. Um, so I'm sure we'll see a lot of each other, hopefully, uh, moving Great. forward. Uh, that's that's definitely going it, to it just the excitement is just beginning. And from Pittsburgh Soccer Now perspective, we hope to have um, reports from from training uh, at least once or twice a week. And, and, and a lot of. Um, Sorry about that. Had a little interruption. But yeah, I mean, we're just we're ready to go. So Amadeo, again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And uh, thanks for having me, John. Um, You know, you know, football is one of my favorite things in life. Uh, Just just so you guys, all the people in the podcasters know, uh, you know, I'm an Argentine American and and, uh, the five F's of Hispanic culture are family, faith, food, fiesta and football. So uh, last but not least is football. It's in my blood, and and uh, and uh, I, I'm just so excited. And and uh, vamos, yeah. vamos, yeah. Vamos. But muy bien, tu español. Vamos. Um, let, let's let's end this podcast with the the words of our mutual friend, um, eh, Dani Rovira, who said, "Vamos con todo. Let's go with everything." All right, that's a great way to finish it up. Uh, again. Gracias, gracias, Amadeo. De nada. Uh, I'll see I, you at the next partido. Enough. In los playoffs. Uh, All right. Gracias, Juan. Right. Thank you, John. And thank you for uh, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, who does a wonderful job covering uh, this sport and the uh, Riverhounds in particular. All right. Again, thank you. And we will talk again, and we'll have you back on the podcast. We'll have you post-game reaction. I think all of our media contributors will be involved. Uh, hopefully for four run a uh, run of four games at Highmark Stadium. That's what we're all hoping for. Yeah, perfect. And then just before this podcast end, I do want to thank the Riverhounds for the partnership with my company, La Mega Media. They saw from an early point that to reach out to Hispanic fans uh, is a smart investment, and and uh, 
and hopefully they see that it's paying off. And uh, and just uh, th- that's another thing. They they have fans from from all walks of life, and and uh, from soccer moms to kids that grew up playing soccer. To, I mean, it's it's a mix. And uh, and then you got the Steel Army, who's who's going to be emboldened by this 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 victory against the Rowdies. So uh, I can't wait. Let's just put it like that. I can't wait for October twenty first at seven p.m. Can't wait. All right, sounds good. Let's sign off and uh, have a great day. All right. Gracias, John. Thank you again.